0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It will always hurt to fall, it will always sting to fail. And this is a reflection about getting back up. Consider today's story with the disciples face down in the dirt. They've just ventured up the mountain with Jesus, and according to Second Peter, this was the story they held on to as the moment they understood Jesus as the Christ, as God's Son. This was the place where Jesus' divinity was revealed bright like the sun, They had just seen Moses and Elijah, the embodiment of law and prophet. They had just heard the voice of God thunder in the sky, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And we think, oh, that's nice. Cue the swelling orchestra, the sunset photo, and the dove swooping into the arms of a smiling child while ponies dance somewhere off in the distance. But none of that happens. What really happens is the disciples hit the ground, scared out of their wits. They thought God was a terrifying power, like the all consuming fire Moses encountered on Sinai. They had read their Micah. And yet, the newly revealed Messiah shows them a completely different side of God's majesty. In Matthew's telling of the same story, Jesus comes over to them and he places a hand on their shoulder and he says, get up, do not be afraid. Patrick Wilson writes, this is the way that God comes into the world. Not simply the brilliant cloud of mystery, but also a human hand upon the shoulder, and the words, do not be afraid. Indeed, God comes to us quietly, gently, that we may draw near and not be afraid. God's glory is majestic and so far beyond our capacity to receive it that we can take just as much of God's glory as a human hand can hold. The disciples testify then to what they have seen, which is that God in Christ lays a hand on their shoulder and says, get up and do not be afraid. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The loving act of helping someone else, that's important. And surely there will be times in our lives when God calls us to do that. But God is God and we are not. And in today's gospel, I don't know about you, but I'm with the disciples. Face down in the dirt, scared and hurting, falling hurts. Failure so often leads to shame, and when I fall, I'm not always sure I will have the courage to get back up again. I wonder if it's easier to be the person who has some semblance of functionality. The hero, right, who flies home at a moment's notice, puts a hand on the shoulder and says, "'Do not be afraid.'" get up. That act is really kind, and please do that when your friend or family calls in a crisis. But in some ways, the harder task is actually rising out of our own failure and despair and pain. It will always hurt to fall. It will always sting to fail, and this is about getting back up. Because God loves you, and God needs you specifically and especially in a very broken world and said last night the world is not okay right now and god needs each and every one of us specifically and especially if you think about it from the disciples perspective it makes sense that peter wanted to build some tents and camp for a time That holy mountain was quiet and beautiful and I can just see the vista and the clouds and the wispy, you know, trees and, you know, antelopes gazelling off into the distance and I'm sure it was fantastic. Who wouldn't want it to stay? Because they knew what was waiting for them back down there. They knew there were people who were needing healing and there were people who were squabbling and there were stumbling blocks and then there was the cross. They knew all that. Why wouldn't they have wanted to stay on the mountain But back on the mountain, Jesus sings a work song, not kumbaya. He has holy tasks for them and for us. Get up and do not be afraid, he says. And there's something to notice in his order of operations. Get up and do not be afraid. You do not have to overcome your fear first. In fact, you probably can't. The first thing Jesus asks you to do is to get back up. And then slowly and painfully and through God's grace, you find something inside yourself to face your particular challenges one more time. Perhaps a shade wiser, maybe a whisker more understanding, maybe a hair more courageous. And this act of recovery from a catastrophic failure could be the defining moment of your life. Or maybe it's a daily practice, like picking up the phone to apologize after a crabby email. Author Brene Brown calls this rising strong. And if you haven't had a chance to read that book, it's incredible. She says we can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we cannot have both. Not at the same time. You cannot have both courage and comfort together. And when we do get up, when we find the courage to overcome our self anger, when through God's grace we replace the acerbic nastiness of the critics with God's very different voice, we hear something revolutionary, which is that you are beautiful and beloved and enough, and the world needs to hear your voice. But I'd like to pause here for a moment because there's also a danger. David Brooks asks us to be wary of religion that offers quaint platitudes, warm milk toast in the face of unprecedented challenges and harsh reality. The world is not okay. The point today is not that, you know, everybody messes up and try again, yay for you and ignore what's happening out there. It's actually much deeper, perhaps tied to the foundation of Christian ethics. God made each and every one of us individually. There's only one you. Nobody else has your unique sets of strengths and weaknesses, victories and foibles, jokes and embarrassing moments, a Rolodex, torn relationships, moments of grace. Nobody else anywhere ever has your story. And God knows that in spite of and because of God loves you passionately. We recall that beautiful prayer, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. That's the Christian hope, really, Emmanuel. God with us in the mess. Jesus knows our story as real as bread and tears, religious politics, and love. God knows our story, too. And through amazing grace, God loves us through it all. And here's the radical point. God expresses unconditional love through the power of the Holy Spirit to everybody else too. The same way God feels about you and me, God feels that way about everybody else. Name your issue that you disagree with somebody on, God loves everybody just as hard. And if that is the case, then it is on us to share God's love with all creation because the world is hurting. And when we get off this holy mountain and when we leave this beautiful sanctuary, people are angry and divided and evicted and terrified that they will be torn from their families. Yet God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to show us a way of love which is unconditional and world-changing and powerful. Jesus proclaimed a way where the love of power withers in the light of Loves power. And in today's gospel, we hear the words, Listen to Him. We read of a hand on the shoulder, and a voice calls us back to our particular trail. Barbara Brown Taylor says, Things get scary before they get holy. Indeed, we have been given holy work to do, and nobody else can do it like you can. When God blesses us with grace within ourselves, a little bit easier to show that to someone else too and as I've been thinking about that I think there's something in that self-forgiveness that is the relationship between rising strong ourselves and being the hand of Christ on someone else's shoulder because when you know that struggle you can say the most powerful words in the face of your own guilt and shame you can say I get it I've been there too and that changes you and it changes the person you're having a conversation with. We've all fallen short of the glory of God in unique and formative ways, so I've got a list. I bet you do. Maybe you crashed and burned in school, and junior year really was as hard as everyone said. So you can connect with a kid who's stressed about grades and college. Maybe you epically failed at work, and now you can make your organization better. You can be the hand on the shoulder of a colleague and say, it gets better. You've got this. I've been there too. Maybe you said things you wish you could take away, but you cannot. And still, God's grace was present in that relationship when it was restored or not. You can be shaped by your past, but you need not be defined by it. Even today, you can make your family stronger and better. Maybe you know the rough scour of financial meltdown or the exhausted satisfaction of victory. Maybe you know what it took to get back up off of your own particular ground and to dust yourself off. You remember the hand on your shoulder, the sense that your work was not yet done, and you got back on your own particular path down your own particular mountain. Or maybe your face is still in the dirt, scared and ashamed, and you're not sure how you will ever face that situation or those people again today's gospel good news is this it will always hurt to fall it will always sting to fail and yet jesus puts a hand on your shoulder and on mine because god loves you and god has specific work for you to do and for me too so get up and do not be afraid Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me. Home.